They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Welcome along to this bite-sized edition of Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, where we're going to take a look back at the second day of the Bob Willis Trophy Final at Lords. Somerset started the day on 119 for four from 44 overs. Eddie Byram and Craig Overton, the not-out men at the crease. Um, and after 56 overs, in another rain-affected day, they finished the day on 301 all-out. Essex were due to face uh, the three tricky overs at the end, but the conspiracy theorists among you will have no doubt said that the ECB set down a diktat from high to tell the umpires that uh, Alistair Cook under no circumstances was uh, was Alistair Cook to bat in anything but the most ideal conditions. Or it could be the more simple explanation that it just got a little bit darker in the uh, 10 minutes we have for the innings changeover. Gents, what a morning session. 114 for one in 26 overs. Yeah, the, the one with Steve Davis, who's actually overnight being the pedant I am. He was not at overnight, but oh, wasn't sorry, that? Over, an hour and a, over an hour and a half, they batted together. Looked great, positive. I thought that's as as controlled a proper innings as I've seen Craig play for a long time. He he started off positively, but he looked like a proper batsman. And that's not to denigrate, but he, he just really was focused and... Eddie Byron just carried on, didn't he, in his own sweet way. I think he really got under the skin of the Essex bowlers. Mm. Certainly, um, Porter was having a bit of a chip at him from time to time. Yeah, very good. Very, very happy at lunchtime. Yeah, I think Craig, um, yeah, Craig looked like a proper batsman. You know, bang at seven probably helps. You know, that just psychologically gives him that bit of extra responsibility. Um and obviously, you know, he's, he was a bit disappointed with the bat last year, but you know, now he scored a couple of fifties this year. There's that vital one against North Hans, and it's vital, even more vital one today. So yeah, it's, it's a good sign. Um, you know, to go alongside his bowling, and yeah, obviously, extremely impressive Eddie. He, you know, he managed to get in and get going again. You know, as Ian said on Twitter, you know that he uh, it was at the point that he scored at thirty six, wasn't it? I think you he pointed was, out. He, I was thinking the time he'll get out. But, yeah, he was smack bang in the yeah. middle of the Eddie Byram danger zone. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, obviously, he obviously had that nervous lunch. But no, he batted really well today. You know, I don't think he looked troubled at all, really. Maybe a little bit early on, but for the most part, he looked good. And Essex didn't bowl. I think they bowled all right. I don't think they bowled brilliantly. They, they were, Essex were hampered by the fact that Beard was going at six and over. And they only have, he's one of only four proper bowlers they've got. So they had to use Walter um, for a few overs, mm. who's more of a batsman, and Lawrence as well, obviously, for that one over. And Harmer comedy was... value alone that over was, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it is. I don't, I don't know if I've really seen Lawrence bowl before because I, I do not. You said he only looked like Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, if you've ever seen that episode <laughs> of Friends where Phoebe takes up jogging and, and she runs like an octopus that's um, in the process of getting an electric shock, that's kind of what Dan Lawrence's one over looked like. I don't think any one of uh, any one of the deliveries that he bowled had an identical run up. He just seemed his arms and legs <laughs> all over the place and maybe I think went along that's why I put on Twitter. Yeah, it was very, very Yes, yeah. Very strange uh, um bowling actions. But don't right, but... don't you think that that could be a real factor because I think it was at eighty overs, Cook and Porter had bowled fifty eight of the eighty overs. Yeah. Um, you know, we A because 
second innings, that's an awful lot of overs. I doubt if they've done that much work at any point in the last couple of seasons mm. in an innings. Yeah. We're usually both teams out quicker than this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but secondly, if we were in that position, then Jack and Lewis would rotate in, you know, and you've still got Abe's and Leach to bowl as well. And I think that on and, this surface that could green be a factor. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just yeah, looking, looking at the overs in that first today. Yeah, Porter 29, Cook 32, Harmer 20, and then Beard 11. So for your, yeah, you sort of shared that 20 overs with, with Walter. But yeah, your, your first change bowlers will be going at uh, six and over is uh, is obviously not good because I did hear and Ravi. Second Bob- innings, it's going to take a brave man to throw the ball to Beard again if it's tight, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Ravi Bopara um, said during one of the rain breaks yesterday, he was talking about um, coaches and things that coaches do. And one thing that Chris Silverwood put in when he was coach at Essex was they they always wanted to keep the run rate below a certain number. And I think he said it was either 2.4, 2.3, something like that. So it did make me smile when we came back on afterwards and saw that our run rate was about 3.3, 3.4. It just made me think that, well, if, if that is actually a genuine thing that he said about Essex, if that's one of their game plans... And they want to keep it, yeah. keep the opposition to sort of under two and a half and over, and we're going at three and a half. That means we must be getting under their skin and, and doing something right. So that's brought a little smile to my face. He's done a good old stint on the rain breaks uh, the last couple of days. Oh, did rapid. he ever? Did he ever? <laughs> it was two hours yeah. today. He did so. Fair play to him. That's probably because that's probably because they couldn't be bothered to hire somebody for with a uh, Somerset perspective to get on the Test match special, but. That's not another conspiracy, guys. It's not another. Well, it was Vic Marks, of course. Vic Marks was oh, there. Yes, that's true, but yeah. But there is two Essex. Isn't Van Chopper on there as well as Bopara? So there are two because Bopara's going to go back to home to start hitting white balls apparently tomorrow. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Uh, okay. But right. actually, while we're on that subject, Anthony Gibson's doing all five days for BBC Somerset. BBC Essex have got a different commentator every day because apparently they have five. Five cricket commentators. No laugh. Just a, no a factoid for you. Yeah, because we basically have Gibbo and Stephen Lamb sometimes, don't we? It's... Who's been seconded to Gloucester, Gloucester this year? Gloucester this year, yeah. Yeah. They got five mm. different commentators. Is the, so, is the license anyway, fee a bit higher in Essex? Do they get a bit more? <laughs> clearly, clearly, the budget's certainly higher. Yeah. Good job I'm not their accountant. I tell you. Um, so that was. It's interesting though because. Everyone said, and I think we're all guilty perhaps of a bit of confirmation bias, that our batting is not strong. That was the 800 in the Bob Willis Trophy today. Yeah. Six six Mm. different players. I'm going to say it before Dan got in with the stat today. And I think they said on commentary that Essex have only had 100 this season. I think so. Mm. Which I I think good money on it was Sir Alistair in one of the early games. Yeah, Alistair Cook's got 100. Um, so the two tons have got two tons each. And then you've got yeah, Cook, Bartlett, Byron, Davies and Jamie. Yeah, and Cook, Cook is the only 100 for Essex. So yeah, we've had eight, they've had one century. More reasons to be cheerful, guys. I think, I, I wouldn't yeah. say our batting lineup is strong. I know we're talking about confirmation, but I think unproven <laughs> is probably a better way yeah. of describing it than, than and I think strong, if you look relative to the rest of the country no one has got a particularly good batting lineup. I think I will, I've, said, I've been saying this for a long time if you speak to any county fan they will tell you that their team has a collapsible batting lineup in the county championship 
And that's because buying standards have generally dropped in the last few years. You know, runs per wicket's gone down. You know, players aren't scoring centuries like they used to. So no one feels like they've got a good batting lineup. But I think relative to other teams, we're still, you know, we're up there. We're up in the top few, so top eight maybe teams in terms of batting mm-hmm. um, around the whole country. In three years, I think we might be. I think in three years, that's when our batting lineup is going to be at its peak. I can see Davis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Retiring. yeah it's got room to improve. I can see, yeah, I can see Davis retiring Banton slipping in there at six and the lineup that we've got today of Green, Lamanby, Abel, Byron, Bartlett Banton coming in for Davis Craig and Lewis that could potentially be there for the next six, seven, eight well, you've years Well we got Will Smead as well who's going to be pushing to open as well mm. So yeah So from yeah. a start of the season where we were kind of looking down behind the sofa for batsmen and putting an unproven Tom Lamanby at the top of the order, all of a sudden, the cupboard's looking a lot fuller than it was. Which is Yeah, there's a lot of competition for next season. Particularly if you sign an overseas player, particularly when Banton's around, particularly with Smead, um, you know, possibly being in a shout of the place, and Ben Green maybe as well. You know, he had runs today. So there's, I read that there's about 10 batsmen. That if we sign an overseas player, we'll have 10 batters going for six, six slots in the county championship next year. So that's good, good stuff. Right then, Dan, should we talk about it? Not only did Eddie Byram score his first competitive 100 of a Somerset, but he must, we think he's also done it with a statistical, uh, <clears throat> a unique statistical achievement, which we don't think has been done before. So Eddie Byram <laughs> getting 100 and a brilliant stat. Dan, you must be the happiest man on earth. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. He batted, he batted really nicely today and... Yeah, so the stat is. I'm not sure. It's. I'm not sure whether or, whether or not he is the first to do it. But his first century was in a four day match no, in Zimbabwe. Three day. No, that was four. Oh, Zimbabwe sorry, was yeah. four. Cardiff University. That century. That was three days. And then today's match is a five day match. So his first three centuries in a three, four, and a five day match. And it's. I, yeah, I'm, I wonder whether that's ever been done before. Um, given that. You know, in the past, you know, until 1990 or so, you know, county cricket, I don't know about the rest of the world, but county cricket was three days, you know, and so there wouldn't be many chances for four day centuries. Um, and obviously, test matches, I mean, test matches used to be six days, they used to be more than that, even, you know, a long time ago. So for someone to have made, a, you know, three centuries in a three day, four day, and five day match is their first three centuries, it's probably rare or possibly he's the first to do it. But it's, it's the kind of thing that I think even a statistician would find hard to verify. And, I personally have no idea how I'd check that. It would take it would take a very long time, I think. But yeah, it, it must be rare, and it's so it is quite a remarkable little stat that I think. Yeah, I fired off a. But then the to... irony is, the irony is off the back of that, we've effectively got a four-day game now because we've pretty much lost a day's play over the first two, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, and now um, the weather looks set fair for uh, for the next three days. I did fire off a tweet to Andy Zaltzman and Benedict Bermange of um, Tess Blamange. Blamange. Sky statistician yeah. Benedict, yeah, so Benedict something. Um, neither of them have got back to me yet, uh, but I, I would imagine they have databases and queries they can uh, they can run for, run to find these things out. It was a little bit disappointing with the bad light we've had over the last um, or this evening. Do we think playing the Bob Willis Trophy final this late in the season it should have been done with a pink ball under lights, or not under lights, but allowed the lights no. to be used more often no 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 you've got to play under the same playing conditions you just play it earlier 
to me. If you're going to do it, you play it around about the time the Gillette Cup final used to happen, first week of September. You could tee that up and then leave the the knockout part of the T20 to come in afterwards. Yeah, and remember the the play was only scheduled for um, 80 overs, starting at uh, 10:30. So that only takes you to about five o'clock on a normal day. So it wasn't even meant to go as late as it as no, late make makeup overs, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, consider me outvoted on that one then. <laughs> What else? What else have we got to talk about today? Craig Overton batted very well for his sixty-six. Uh, that's very good. Um, that was it. Um, losing There's another stat. I oh, go on. Want. Dan's got a stat. Stat like Dan. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, people who follow me on Twitter might have already seen it. It's the site I've sort of realised. We've had ten scores of fifty plus by Somerset top six batters this season, and eight of them, well, only two of them have they been dismissed between 50 and 99. Because of the 10 50s, seven of, seven of them have been converted to centuries. One of them was Davis's 81 not out. And then it was just Green's 54 and Abel's 59. They're the only times someone's been dismissed between 50 and 99. So that's just a remarkable conversion rate, really. And another sort of indicator that our batting is, is improving. And a lot of those centuries are unbeaten as well. If, uh, five of the eight centuries are unbeaten. Well, four, four of the uh, top six centuries plus Jamie's century were beaten so you know that's another little good sign yeah it goes back to what Jason Kerr was saying about delaying that Warwickshire declaration just slightly is just to really really twist the knife in the opposition don't give them mm-hmm. uh, don't give them a sniff when you're on top which I felt we did very well this morning the Essex body language was absolutely awful after yeah. about 90 minutes that morning session they looked like they'd rather be uh, anywhere else than, than at Lords in a final Tomorrow morning, then, Craig Overton will be steaming in at either Sir Alistair Cook or Nick Brown. Should we say crucial first hour again, guys? Or not so much? Crucial first first half of the day, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree yeah it's going to be difficult to smash teams out, smash them out again, like we have smashed out some of the other teams in the group stage. But yeah, the new ball will be key, I think. You know, at least won a couple wickets with the new ball, I think. If you flip it again, and we were going in tomorrow morning with 301 on the board, we'd all be saying, oh, you know, first innings league could be crucial now. There's a lot of pressure on them. And oh, yeah. again, yeah. remember, I think that's what was evident in the way their bowlers reacted today. They haven't been put under pressure this season. They've rolled over the dross that was the Southern group pretty easily. I don't think anyone really gave them much of a game. Oh, well, I, the Essex have, they have a couple of times, Sussex and Kent games. They were in both of them, but definitely the Kent game, Kent got 387, Essex got 298. So they had a first innings deficit then. I can't remember who, but I think Kent. Sussex collapsed for, for about 100 and not many in the second innings and made it a bit of a, I think it was that game or Hampshire is one of those games. Yeah, they're relatively wins. They won't face the bowling attack like ours because ours is the best in the championship. No. I just, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm really positive, and I know you're going to both say that's quite unusual for me, <laughs> but I'm very happy with 300 on the board. The thing is, we said last night 250 would be really, really good, and then of course when you have the rain break and you start thinking about it, and you project, oh, if we can get through the new ball with these two still there, we could be pushing 350, 400. So then of course you feel disappointed, but when you take a step back again. You know, and Nick Brown's not going to have much sleep tonight, is he? He hasn't played for them, I don't think, this season. So he's certainly not played the last couple of games yeah. in the championship. He's played three before this, so right. he must have okay. maybe missed the last couple in the BWT, yeah. 
Yeah. So but averaging 20 this season, Wesley's averaging 15, you know, that's their two and three, I think. So, uh, you know, they're yeah. you know, probably a little bit shaky, not fully confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is I, I was thinking about their skipper, Wesley, and you didn't really see him very active in the field. And, you know, if we'd have had, we got into a position and we get into position where say Tender Charter and Walter are batting, um, and start putting a partnership together. Tom Abel's going to be leading, inspiring. You're going to hear him on the effects mm-hmm. mics, which you have all season. And Wesley seemed very passive to me. Yeah, I think they all did. Um, you think somebody like Alistair Cook as well, with all his, all his experience and all his experience as, as being an international captain, he just stood fairly sort of motionless and inanimate mm-hmm. at first slip. Um, most of them mm-hmm. were really. Eddie Byram's interview after play today um, one of the things that he mentioned was when you consistently hit a length it was very difficult to score and he felt that Essex did it for patches but didn't do it enough and I think that is an area where our bowlers will definitely have the edge because we have been ploughing away on a good length um, Craig and Josh, especially outside that off stump, just over after over after over. So I think sounds sounds like a surface made for Josh, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got an opportunity to just really be relentless, um, just challenging that outside edge and, and the top of off stump tomorrow. Like I said, we've been doing it for the last five games in the Bob Willis Trophy. I don't see anything anything changing tomorrow unless one of them has a major dip in form. Um, but even if one of them does, we've got plenty of backup bowlers as well so yeah all is looking good and positive for tomorrow Steve I agree with you I think mid-afternoon if we haven't made significant inroads and Alistair Cook is still there that's probably the time to to push the panic button but uh, I don't really see that happening I think we'll bowl them out tomorrow I think we'll bowl them out in the last session tomorrow probably for about 220 Mm -hmm. I I, I think we said they I think that the range of opinions that I saw after we'd recorded last night was that 250 to maybe 275 was about par. Um, and I don't think that's changed. And again, our, you know, our bowlers, Gregory and Craig in particular, are not quicker than anything we've seen so far. Mm. And I think that could make a real difference. Yeah, Craig especially. Um, they were talking on the commentary today. Um, Rob Key was saying that he reckoned all their bowlers were about 81, 82, something like that. And... Um, yeah, the way Craig's been bowling this year, if he's not sort of mid to high 80s, there must be something wrong with my eyes. By the way, at this point, Ian, can I ask you don't make any predictions because after your Jack Brooks is going to cl- gonna make buckets of runs prediction last night, can you just swear off predictions for the next couple of evenings? The light was bad, Steve. That's all I'm saying. The light was bad. Right, He just okay. missed it. And I'm sure it was a no ball as well. I'm sure no. I saw Simon Armour's front foot just, cre- okay. just creep over that... Uh, uh, creep over the crease um, and poor old Jack look in the book of, yeah look in the book what did you think of some of the LBWs today by the way because Harmer had a couple of good shouts the commentators um, thought they yeah. were out there was one uh, was it Cook to Overton really full yeah, one early, quite early on I thought that yeah. was sneaking down but then when Jack Leach didn't like his decision at all did he which is really unusual for Leachy it was difficult to see because it was one of those ones that was on the um from the mid-on angle yeah the long they, long on camera yeah yeah they they still didn't um they, they the mcc haven't done our crowdfunder yet to get the access tower up to put it well it is there but it there is a tower there but for some reason it's not directly above the sight screen which i find very strange but um 
Yeah, so I go back to the LBWs. I thought Harmers were a bit leg side. Eddie Byram's looked leg sideish. Oh, we've lost Dan. Eddie Byram's looked leg sideish from the shot as well, didn't it? I just wonder. Mm, they... He looked a bit disappointed, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I've got to say, I thought three or four that were no, three or four weren't given. That all of them, I went, oh crikey, mm. that's close. And the couple that were given, I was like, seriously. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Again, all you ask is consistency, isn't it? You know, yeah. if, it, it definitely you know, shows. And they're, that, they're two yeah. two good umpires. They wouldn't be doing this game unless they'd had good marks throughout the season. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, you've just got to trust them and and you know hope that they're not too influenced by Sir Alistair tomorrow. Oh, that can't be out, Sir Alistair. You couldn't have been at LBW second ball, Sir Alistair. Not out. Said said Mr. Wharf. Um, yeah, the only one that I thought was definitely out was uh, Lewis Gregory's, who, um, after playing a lovely shot to smash uh, Sam Cook into the stands, tried it a couple of balls later and uh, and uh, was uh, palpably LBW. Um, but that kind of not that, that not that he'll be listening. But if if Lewis is listening, uh, I'm probably to blame for that because as that after the six had sailed away, I thought. Oh, 20 minutes of Lewis now would be just perfect, just to, to ice the cake, wouldn't it? And then that happened. So sorry, Lewis. Yeah, I just wonder if that was the plan, maybe, and he was just sent out there just to maybe him and and, and Josh and Jack Brooks just had a bit of license because they thought they were getting towards having enough runs and maybe yeah. just, maybe just yeah. half an hour of hit out or get out, hit and giggle would then give us maybe 15 minutes at Essex uh, before the close of play. What's what's the opposite of pinch hitting when you send people in just good old-fashioned tail-end slogging, is it? Um, well, the opposite of pinch hitting it would be, oh, at the top of the order, it would be shine busting. I don't know. I, um, leeching, I'd call it. <laughs> leeching, like that. <laughs> so, guys, I assume we're finished. No, we're still um, going. Dan. No, we're still Dan. going, Dan. Yeah, we're just talking. Uh... Sorry, because I, I, I don't even notice I dropped out for a second. Oh, right, Sorry, yeah. I, I don't know. The we Wi-Fi thought, we thought LBWs were too boring for you. And you just yeah. left us. <laughs> no, the, the Wi-Fi just went. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, turn it off and turn it on again. Right. Um, yeah, just I think Dan's go... dropping us a hint, Ian. <laughs> all right. Just goes to show how um, spoilt we are as TV viewers these days with all the uh, the Hawkeyes and the DRS and the Snickos that there's just never any any doubt on decisions anymore which is uh, a bit of a shame but uh, they have we don't have that unfortunately in the Bob Willis Trophy so we can chat about our opinions on these LBWs till the cows come home which we're not going to do tonight uh, gents do we got any AOB for tonight or shall we wrap this up that's a wrap for me yep, that's everything cool right um, thanks then to uh, Steve Tancock and Dan Kingdom uh, for tonight we will catch you tomorrow night after day three of the Bob Willis Trophy when hopefully Somerset, uh, Somerset have bowled Essex out for about 45 stuck them back in bowled them out for 50 oh, don't and... say it don't say it prediction <laughs> prediction alert. I said, I, I said it. hopefully it's not a prediction okay. we're going to win the Bob Willis Trophy tomorrow Essex all out for 50 then Essex all out for 40 cheers guys see you tomorrow cheers well come at the hour come at the man Ed Farm fantastic century how good is that yeah, very special day. Um, obviously, to get 100 at Lords is very special and in such a crucial game. Yeah, I'm very happy. You mentioned that uh, no team has, well, teams have struggled to get past 200. Yeah. Was ever in your mind as a batting unit, every run past 200 is so crucial? Uh, absolutely, yeah. As I said, no, no team's got over 200 against us this season. So I think on that pitch, there was definitely enough there for the bowlers throughout the day. So 
we, we definitely have to stay patient. I think me and Craig with that partnership there definitely did that and we got our rewards. It was very evident from the moment you took guard yesterday, you looked to be positive. Even on the wicket that was doing a little bit, nibbling around and yeah. under lights, tricky conditions, you're always looking to score. Was that something you consciously did or just the way you play? Uh, just the way I play, I'd say. I'd been a bit out of form recently, but um, yeah, today I felt pretty good and yesterday. Uh, just something clicked for me uh, and luckily I came away with some runs. Playing at the home of cricket in such a big game, what, how good a feeling is that and hopefully putting Somerset in a wonderful position? Yeah, amazing feeling, but um, you know, that means nothing if we don't go on to win the game. So, um, you know, tomorrow I'm definitely backing the bowlers. There's enough in that pitch to, um, you know, to get out of it, to bowl a team out for under 200 as we've done all season. So we see what, we'll see where that gets us. You'll obviously be able to tell the bowlers exactly what works, what doesn't work. What are you telling the boys tonight in the, in the bar when you're celebrating your century? Yeah, I think if you miss your length on the pitch, you can still be hit for boundaries. Uh, but if you hit your length uh, consistently enough, there's definitely enough there. Not every ball, but I think if you stick in, you'll definitely get your rewards. Well, you got your reward. Fantastic century. Wonderfully well played. And enjoy the evening and enjoy the rest of this picture. Well done. Thank you very much. Cheers.